Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci. This is with the Italian News podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Friday, February 12, 2021. The data updated last night say that in Italy we have administered the first dose of the vaccine to 2,842,000 people, 4.68% of the population. 1,259,000 of them received the second dose too. The ranking of the regions by percentage of vaccinations made compared to the doses delivered seated in the first three places from the top are Valle d'Aosta, Piedmont and Emilia-Romagna. In the last three places from the bottom are Calabria, Liguria and Basilicata. The contagion of the virus in Italy seems to remain fairly constant, but it changes a lot from region to region. The rate of positivity or the percentage of new positive cases for every 100 swaps taken varies from 3% in Tuscany to 12% in Umbria. This also depends on the more contagious variants of the virus that have begun to circulate in some areas of Italy, the English one, the Brazilian one, the South African one. The last decision of the old government will be taken this morning and concerns the extension of the ban on travel between Italian regions, even those in the yellow zone, as to say those with fewer restrictions, which will prohibit it until March 5. But from Monday, in the regions in the yellow zone, the sky facility, ski facilities will reopen with a maximum number of daily attendance allowed equal to 30% of the total housing flow. You can ski, but the prohibition to move between regions prevents you from going to a hotel or a house rented for short periods if they are outside the borders of the region you live in. Therefore, it will only be possible to go to mountain resorts if they are in one's own region or to cross borders if one owns a second home. The economy of the European Union area will grow by 3.7% in 2021 and 3.9% in 2022, according to estimates presented yesterday, which improved the economic forecasts of the European Commission for a continent still in the grip of the pandemic. But in Italy, the recovery will not arrive even by the end of 2022, writes the European Commission, which, however, in this report does not count the very probable positive effects of the recovery plan still under construction. In general, throughout the EU, uncertainty remains high linked to the performance of the vaccination campaign and the realization of the anti-crisis plan Next Generation EU. According to these estimates, the GDP in Italy down 8.8% in 2020 due to the pandemic will grow by 3.4% this year and 3.5% next year. The forecasts published yesterday take into account the recovery plan for France and Germany and other countries, but not for Italy or Spain. The reason is that for Italy and Spain, the biggest beneficiaries of the next generation EU, the recovery plans will be so substantial that a careful analysis is required before incorporating them into the economic forecasts. Hopefully, the new Italian government will be able to properly write the recovery plan and then implement the planned projects. This would certainly improve the Italian economy a great deal. <clears throat> and speaking of the new Italian government, today should be the right day for the presentation of the government team by the Prime Minister in charge, Mario Draghi, who should go today to the President of the Republic, Sergio Mattarella, at Quirinale. Let's recall that the Italian Constitution foresees that it is the President of the Republic who appoints the ministers at the suggestion of the Prime Minister, who in Italy is called the Presidente del Consiglio dei Ministri, which translates President of the Council of Ministers. What is new is that this time, perhaps for the first time in the history of our Republic, the parties that support the government have had very little room to influence the choices of the Prime Minister. 
the fact that all parties present in parliament except one, and this is uh, our, the first time ever in Italy, support Draghi, allows him to propose a government with many technicians and to have an excellent leverage. In fact, no party can influence him enormously because no party would have the numbers to bring down the government by uh, uh, skipping the majority and uh, saying no to Draghi. In addition, even in the composition of the government, having many parties in support means being able to say no to many of the requests because you cannot think of making a government with hundreds of ministers or undersecretaries. And the fact that the government will have broad consensus in parliament from right to left should allow Draghi to take important decisions avoiding those more politically charged. If a party wanted to force him to take a decision too far to the right or too far to the left, the parties of the opposite area in the same majority that supports Draghi are the perfect alibi to say no. In fact, this method of keeping the Italian parties on the sidelines seems to be very appreciated by the Italian people, who, by the way, are the same ones that those parties voted for, and this is typical Italian. The polls say that 70% of Italians are in favor of Draghi, and 35% of them suggest that Draghi shouldn't trust any of today's Italian political leaders. If everything goes as expected, tomorrow the Draghi government should be sworn in and then it will meet for the first measures after having passed, passed the vote of confidence of the House and the Senate. It's all for now, it's all for today. Please spend a good weekend taking care of yourselves and your family and staying safe and healthy. My name is Umberto Mucci, I'll see you on Monday. This was with Italia News. Ciao from Rome.